Hi, I'm Gregory Cossey, and this is Lessons in Finance. So welcome back. Today's lesson is about banks and where we actually keep our money. So we've talked about savings, we've talked about spending, we've talked about getting a high interest savings account, but now we're going to take a look at just the banks themselves, where we store our money and how to avoid those fees. They are um, ubiquitous. They're uh, across the board from pretty much all the banks. I sometimes joke that the only difference between the banks in Canada is their color schemes and logos uh, because the product um, that they're offering uh, is very similar across the board and similar price points. And so that being said, what I'm offering you is very much universal and uh, probably why I don't have a bank sponsor, because there's uh, an element here of it is buyer beware. But you have to remember that a lot of people focus on the way money goes out of their um, pockets. Um, so people, I know my dad would drive all over town to get cheap gas. Uh, that's, you know, people will, will hear, Hey, there's cheaper gas tonight or whatever, uh, for it. When wherever we're spending money, we tend to be very, um, shopping oriented and cost, um, conscious, uh, of things where we spend, but the banks have, the reason why they are profitable is they have access to our money and they just take it. And it's almost like you've heard negative optioning that in order to stop doing something, um, you have to tell them, um, which can be illegal in some marketing areas that you people have to make a conscious effort. You just can't automatically assume they're doing something. But the banks have access to our money. And part of the agreement of them holding your money is if for any reason they take take it out because of a fee, then you know, they'll let you know. But you get almost a reverse invoice. Your bank statement in many cases is an invoice telling you that, hey, just letting you know, we took money out for this, that, and the other thing. So um, because of that, because of that kind of that backdoor access, you know, that's why we call it, you know, that's, you know, hands in my pocket. There was an ad jingle, uh, a few years back from one of the credit card companies just saying, you know, how can we avoid fees and different things and the banks having hands in your pocket. So that's really what the theme we're looking at here. Um, and really a lot of the cases with these, these, these charges and fees, particularly for younger people are small but they do add up. When I went off to, to post-secondary, off to university, one of the suggestions I had, again, was not to keep too much cash around. So last lesson, I said, you should use cash as a way of checking your spending. But as I also said, you don't want to be carrying large amounts of money around just for security reasons. Well, because of that keeping smaller amounts, I seem to be constantly going to the bank. And the school that I went to had a bank with one of the majors, um, since I'm not getting sp sponsored, not <laughs> going to mention who, uh, but it was, it was a large, uh, university. So you had to really, if I wanted to go to my bank that I was with, I had to go off campus and almost take a bus for it. Never really doing. And so I continually did what was known as cheating on your bank, where you take money out of an ATM and get dinged a fee for doing so. And that would at the time was a dollar. It's up to a buck 50. Now, when I got my bank statement, I think around Christmas time and just took a moment to look at it. Holy, I had spent close to $95 in these cheating fees or uh, these bank service charges and ATM processing fee. And that's if you use an actual other chartered bank. If you go and use other third party 
vending uh, cash machines, they can charge you exorbitant fees just for the access to your own cash, for that privilege of getting at your money. It's one of the reasons why people have pushed for a bit more for plastic because it can be an inconvenience to have uh, cash around. But again, as we said last lesson, you do spend less when using uh, cash. So there are some advantages to keeping it, but let's be clear of where we actually go to bank that we are doing one that makes sense that is in our area. And even if we move, we may have to switch for practicality purposes if you still want to have um, access to your cash. The other thing to be aware of with these bank statements is they are a they are a bill. You should be going back and looking at it. You know, in the, in the game Monopoly, I know I'm dating myself, but the game Monopoly, there's one that bank error in your favor. Well, in my life, I haven't really seen many in my favor. There are ones that will happen where they make an error that may be in their favor. And the bank statement is for you to go through and verify that, hey, why is this going on? I've had mistakes made on my account looking at things online. So you don't have to look at you know a paper statement. Nobody does that anymore. But just go through your online statement and just make sure that you are being, if you are being charged any of the fees, that they are correct. Now, if you are a student, you should be in an account which is has zero fees or a student um, bank account that has um, easy access. So you're not getting dinged for access to your funds and those things and finding uh, a bank that will offer that to you. They all have that product, but in some cases they may not put it into that one, particularly if you were given an account by your parents at such a young age uh, to making sure that you're in an account that is more appropriate to you as you start to use more debit transactions or um, e-transfers or the rest that you're not being dinged fees or have a limit on how many of those transactions can take place. So um, again, with that bank statement balance, you should be also aware of what you have in your account. If I was to lay a bet with you right now for the amount in your account, if you went to an ATM or went online, do you know your balance right now? Can you name it to the penny of what you have in your account? If you're like, yeah, well, then you're good. You already are. You're set. If you're like, ah, I don't know, you need to get more on top of that because you right now as a younger person may only have a few transactions going in and out. Maybe your pay goes in there um, and that's it. Um, as you get older, the amount of bank activity, the amount of transactions taking place in your account is going to grow exponentially. So if you're having trouble keeping track of it now, you're going to have a heck of a time later on. It's like you're you know, uh, on a very slow moving river, river uh, meandering down. Uh, downstream, you're about to hit the whitewater rapids. And if you can't handle this, I don't know how you're going to handle it later on. So get on top of your bank and know what your balance is because it shouldn't be, oh, I didn't think I had that much or, you know, oh, I, where, where, where is my money? It should be that you are, yep, that makes sense because that will be allow you to keep track of if there's transactions going in and out of your account that you're aware of it and making sure that you can keep a balance that is positive. One of the secret revenue generators for banks is they allow uh, 
usually people over 18, what is known as overdraft protection. And so what this allows them to do is basically go below zero, below the equator. They can spend more than they have for a period of time. But the bank, of course, doesn't give you this for free. It will ding you, you know, $5.95 each time that you go into overdraft, go below zero, and they'll charge you interest and a very high interest rate for the period of time that you are underwater. And so that is a situation where a number of people are who are paycheck to paycheck and can't you know, make, a, make it meet will live in overdraft. And that's a very, very high cost, very high interest rate. And it is, unfortunately, a big cost to people because each time they do it, it's $5.95, $5.95. It's not like a one-time basis. Every time that you go in and out, which I know some people will be you know, in and of above that zero mark, maybe four or five times a month. Ding, 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 ding each time. And so that is to make sure that you're aware of your bank balance and we're not going below zero. And there are fees associated sometimes if you try and do it, but that was more of a holdover for checks. Nobody uses checks anymore. Most of us are using e-transfer as a method of payment. I'll even write the odd check. But that was the reason for overdraft is people were unaware of what was in their account. So if they did write a check to somebody and it bounced, they had some protection that they weren't going to get dinged a fee for passing a bad check, basically giving check to somebody when you don't have any money in your account. So you don't really need overdraft to the same extent as before. It is something where you do have to keep track of where bills are coming out. Some accounts it's automatically offered to you. And as long as you're keeping track of your account and when money's going in and out, you should be able to handle it. And that's what you should be doing. You should have a close monitor as you get older as to knowing what is your bank balance. That is a very important to your financial health of just being aware of that number. Some people focus more on their credit score, but don't know what they have in their actual bank account. You need to be aware of that because bank fees are a silent killer to your funds. Um, some other things that you uh, should take a look at that are some just secrets with banks that uh, to keep in mind um, is that the interest that you pay, that the banks will pay you is on a the higher balance in your account. So whenever possible, always have additions before deductions. And the banks actually by default, if they have money going in at the same time period that money is going out, they will by default take the money going out first because they pay your bank pay you interest on your daily account balance and it's in their best interest for your bank balance to be lower than higher. And so their logarithm will automatically do that. Whenever you have the choice, try and stagger them that the additions become before the deductions so you're always maintaining the highest bank balance possible. Now, right now, interest rates are so low, no one really pays attention to that, but the banks do because you can imagine the amount of money they're making just by changing that as a policy. So be aware of that. Also, retail stores using debit cards for transactions and fees. Just avoid those retailers, avoid those fees. You don't want to be paying on top of a fee just for the pleasure of using a debit card. If possible, use cash um, for those small transactions if they're going to charge you on that. Most retailers have got away from that because they realize you spend more using plastic, as we've discussed. But still a few out there, if, you, if you're spending a small dollar amount, will do that. Don't bother with those retailers and the rest with it. So that's it for the banks. 
make sure that again, know your bank statement balance, know what you have in the account, know what fees they're being charged, try to eliminate those fees, look for a savings vehicle or a student-based account, which has zero fees, and be aware as you get older, the different products that they're going to be after, because once you move out of the student life and actually into adult life, they are going to come after you with other account fees and everything else. And there are uh, no frill accounts that are out there that some of the banks will even offer themselves as other aspects, shop around, find a good bank that has minimal fees so that you can keep the money that you've earned in your pocket. Again, we'll talk soon when I have you for hopefully another lesson. Take care, everyone. (laughs) 